Welcome back, Cover 7 family, to another episode here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. I wanted to try to, you know, tune up the intro a little bit so you're not constantly getting the same old, same old. So, as you might tell throughout the next couple episodes, it's going to be a little bit more different. But but anyway, guys, in today's episode here, in episode 5 of Catching Up With College Football, which is going to be our regular off-season series of college football episodes, which... We just recap all of the recent college football news from the transfer portal, recruiting news in the world of college football, pretty much anything college football related we're going to talk about in these episodes. So, guys, we have a jam-packed episode we're going to be talking about. We had former Clemson quarterback DJ Ugalele announce where he was going to be transferring. JT Daniels announced that he would be transferring to his fourth different school. We had a few other quarterbacks enter the transfer portal and find their schools. Georgia, they were able to land two of the best wide receivers in the SEC. And we just have so much more news we've got to talk about. So, guys, before we get into all of that news, please make sure that you do like, comment, share, rate. Do whatever you can just to make sure that we continue to spread the Cover 7 podcast to everybody so that they can also stay up to date with anything and everything college football related. And, you know, guys, let me know how you're kind of liking the Catching Up With College Football episodes. You know, I try not to, you know, get into too much of stats or try to get too much into backgrounds and everything like that. You know, I try to make it a little bit more understanding for the average Joe because I know a lot of this stuff can get super complicated. So, I try to keep it as bare bones as possible while still giving you some, you know, information to kind of back up my statements that I am saying. So anyways, y'all, let's kick off today's episode and to kick it off the first news. And, you know, in my opinion, the biggest news that we did get over this past weekend, and we're going to talk about some transfer portal stuff. But the first one that we got to talk about is going to be regarding former five-star quarterback and former Clemson quarterback, DJ Ugalele. Now, DJ really emerged onto the scene in Clemson back during the COVID season in 2020 whenever Trevor Lawrence, I think, caught COVID. So DJ had to step up as a true freshman and, you know, was on the road in South Bend, taking on a really good Notre Dame team at the time, which would eventually, you know, make the college football playoff, which they got wrecked, I think it was by Clemson in that game, or not in the uh, playoff, but I think it was against, yes, Alabama, because Najee Harris was the starting running back for him in that game. But um, anyway, despite that, DJ Ugalele in his first career start, I mean, looked really good against that Notre Dame team. Now, yes, wasn't a full-blown crowd that you'd normally get because of COVID restrictions, but still showed a lot, and I mean a lot of potential throwing the football and running the football, which, as we all know, his major strong suit is going to be running the football. And, well, going into the 2021 season, was a, was an expected Heisman candidate. Didn't look bad, didn't look good either. You know, definitely disappointed. And then going into the 2022 season, he's going to be on a little bit more of a tightrope with Dabo Sweeney. Now, Dabo Sweeney really liked DJ, you know, really didn't want him to get benched because DJ is a great guy. I mean, you if you if you watch this guy or anything like that off the field, he's got a great personality and definitely is one of those guys you want to hang around and you know also does have a lot of maturity even when he did end up getting benched for um Cade Klubnik, but definitely, you know, outside of statistic wise because when you look at statistics, DJ really didn't have a bad year, but the problem was just his turnover issues, right? Fumbling the football, throwing interceptions. That was kind of his biggest thing and you know definitely the final game against South Carolina that was really just the final straw a game in which he would go 8 of 29 for 99 yards eventually they would go with Cade Klubnik but it wouldn't be enough and then in the ACC championship game against North Carolina had a really slow start and then Dabo Sweeney finally realized hey we've got to move on from um, DJ and that's exactly what they did which Cade Klubnik came in immediately and led the Clemson Tigers to a 39 to 10 win in the ACC championship game over the Tar Heels of North Carolina. So 
DJ, you know, doing the right thing because, once again, he was not going to get to see any more playing time at Clemson. So, entered the transfer portal, had a lot of schools looking at him, was likely going to head back out west, which it was originally reported that he was going to be a package deal with his younger brother who also plays at St. John Bosco and is a five-star edge and, you know, one of the most touted recruits in the class of 2023. Um, his name is Mateo Ugalele. Well, his final three was Oregon, Ohio State, and USC, which... If you look at all three of those schools, what is something they have in common? They already have a solidified starter quarterback, Oregon with Bo Nix, USC with Caleb Williams. And then for next year for Ohio State, they already have two um, five-star quarterbacks that are backing up C.J. Stroud right now. So likely it was going to be that they would not be a package deal, but still D.J. was going to head back out west. And that's exactly what he did as early on in the week he would announce that he would be committing to Oregon State. Now, me, perfect, now me personally... I love this for DJ, and I love this for Oregon State because Oregon State, they're getting a veteran quarterback that has had a has played in a plethora of games in college football, and also too, he's not he's he's going to be in a way weaker division or way weaker conference, and you know you can cry a river and everything like that because the ACC, as we all know, was a just downright embarrassment this year, which. The Pac-12 also was, too, outside of Oregon, USC, Washington, and UCLA. But, um, you know, for DJ Ugalele, he's going to be in an offense now that definitely is more surrounded around the run and not really throwing the football, which fits his fits his strong suits a lot because, well, what is DJ really good at is running the football. So the fact that Oregon State's getting them a veteran quarterback, which he has all the potential in the world to be a really good quarterback, a really good starting quarterback in the Power 5 level. It's just he's got to correct a few things and I think with, you know, Oregon State they're coming off of a 10, you know, 10 and 3 season, getting huge win over Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. Definitely the future is looking really bright for the Beavers up there in Corvallis and it just got a little bit brighter because they already have pretty much all of their offense returning. They have their offensive line returning. They've got a really good freshman running back and running back core, which is led by Damian Martinez. So Oregon State is going to be in really good hands. And I think DJ, who's going to be in a lot better of a scheme and a fit, should probably flourish in Corvallis. So great pickup for the Beavers as they're able to land former five-star and Clemson quarterback DJ Ugalele. Mm. Sorry, guys. I don't know what it is. That Christmas food's talking back to me a little bit. But um, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be talking about another former five-star quarterback and also a kid that came out of California. And we're going to be talking about JT Daniels. Now, JT Daniels has had himself an interesting career, to say the least, right? Was one of the most touted quarterbacks in the class of 2018. Ends up staying home, commits to USC. And during his freshman year at USC, Looked pretty good, you know, went on the road against Texas, was able to win in that game, you know, but he also had Amon Ross St. Brown, had Michael Pittman, you know, a really good USC team, which just had a lot of talent to begin with, but, you know, we still saw flashes of the greatness that JT Daniels had, but the problem would be the following season in the season opener, he would end up suffering a torn ACL and then would be out for the rest of the year. And just so happened that his future replacement and backup quarterback, Keaton Slovis, would end up having a really good freshman season as well, taking over for JT Daniels. So JT Daniels knew that his job was gone, so he decided to go over to the SEC and then go join Georgia. Things never worked out at Georgia, despite having a 7-0 record as the starting quarterback for the Bulldogs. Him and Kirby Smart just... I don't know what it was. They had a weird relationship because it seemed like, okay, you know, JT Daniels is perfectly healthy. Why is he not playing? Why is Stetson Bennett in for him? And maybe it was chemistry because we know the, t you know, the, the Bulldogs, they really, you know, 
I guess you could say play good under Stetson Bennett as their starting quarterback. And that's no, you know, you don't kind of diss at JT Daniels or anything like that. But when you watch the tape, it shows for yourself because, I mean, when you when you watched week one of last season when Georgia and Clemson played each other, that was a defensive slugfest. You know, JT Daniels never was able to get anything going on offense, but he did deal with some injuries during his time at Georgia. And once again, Stetson Bennett would go on to win the national championship. And JT Daniels, now for the second time in his career, would have to enter the transfer portal and go find himself a new home. And, well, he decided, okay, my former OC at USC and Graham Harrell, he's now at West Virginia, so let me go join the Mountaineers. They've got a passing offense. I'll be able to sling the football around a little bit more, kind of what I was able to do at Modern Day High School. And, you know, he joins the Mountaineers. And, you know, in week one against, you know, West Virginia's arch rival in the backyard brawl and Pitt, he looked pretty solid, but unfortunately that trend just would not continue as the next week they would lose at home against Kansas and it just would continue to get worse and worse and worse up until the point where JT Daniels was playing so bad that he would eventually get benched in favor of freshman quarterback Garrett Green. So JT Daniels' career so far has just been a true disappointment to say the least because he has the talent, he has the arm talent, he has the size. But he's never been able to find a program where he really fit and will once again announce that he would enter the transfer portal. And, well, he found his new school as he's going to be going down to the Lone Star State. He's going to go down to Houston. And, no, he's not playing for the Cougars. He's going to be playing for the Rice Owls. So, Rice, they now have their new starting quarterback in JT Daniels. So, it'll be interesting to see how JT does down there in the um, American Athletic Conference because, as we all know, Rice is now moving up a conference to the AAC. Now, y'all, for our next couple, we just have two more quarterback news to talk about, at least in the transfer portal, or three, actually, I lied. No, four. Hold up, I did my notes so bad. Let me, we, we, we have a few more quarterback news to talk about. <laughs> but um, anyway, the, first, the next one I want to talk about is going to be regarding former Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz, who broke out onto the scene a few seasons back in a game I think it was against Illinois or Indiana you know went off had four touchdowns an immense amount of yards and everybody's like okay this guy's going to be the future of the Wisconsin Badgers things never turned out that way had a lot of inconsistent play especially during the COVID season last season and even this season so he decided to enter transfer portal because Paul Chris got fired you know you have a new regime coming in they were going to be looking for a new quarterback and well Graham Mertz decides I'm going to go down to Florida as Florida now has their new quarterback after Anthony Richardson is entering into the um, NFL draft so Florida fans, let me know how you're feeling about getting Graham Mertz. I don't think I'd be too excited considering that, well, to be frank, I think most people wanted Florida to get um, Grayson McCall, but we still have to wait and see where the talented quarterback ends up going. The next news we have is going to be regarding JT Daniels' actual replacement at USC and, you know, current pit quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Now, Keaton Slovis, after, you know, getting beat out also by Caleb Williams and also the whole regime, new regime coming into USC, he entered the transfer portal. His girlfriend plays at Pitt, attends Pitt, so it made a lot of sense. We saw what they were able to do with Kenny Pickett, figured, hey, I could probably get the same type of um, production. Goes out to Pitt, and, well, I think it was safe to say he didn't get the same type of production, had 10 passing touchdowns with nine interceptions on the year. Really, Pitt's offense was led by Israel Abanakanda, who was one of the top running backs in the ACC, let alone in the nation. So, Keaton Slovis definitely did not look that good this year and, you know, was going to end up getting replaced probably. So, he decided to once again enter the transfer portal and announced that he would be transferring to BYU. 
Now, interesting, but hey, BYU, they're going to need a new quarterback because their starting quarterback, Jaron Hall, he is declaring for the NFL draft, so that leaves a huge gap open for the Cougars. And, well, at least now they're going to, for at least one year, they're going to be able to have a bridge quarterback in a guy like Keaton Slovis. Now, y'all, for our next news, and we're still going to be talking about some quarterback news for the next three, yeah, three news that we've got going on here. The first one I want to talk about is going to be regarding former Florida quarterback and Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones. Now, Emory Jones here last week had entered the transfer portal, and for right reasons, there's a new staff coming into Arizona State. Herm Edwards is gone, who was the guy that originally brought Emory Jones to Tempe to play for the um, Sun Devils. And, you know, Emory Jones definitely, which is not entirely his fault. The offense was really lackluster for the Sun Devils, which, as we all know, they were one of the worst teams in the Power Five this season. So he decided to enter the transfer portal once again for his final year of eligibility. And, well, he just so decided that, hey, I'm still going to remain in the Power Five, but I'm going to go over to Cincinnati as they have a huge hole at quarterback that they need to get fixed because, well, no offense, Ben Bryant's not going to be their future at quarterback. We saw what um, the backup was able to do, which was not very much in the um, Fenway Bowl against Louisville. So they needed kind of an immediate uh, resolution at quarterback, which getting a guy like Emory Jones who has the potential, he's really good with his legs, his arm talent, is not bad, but definitely is very inconsistent when it comes to throwing the football. So Cincinnati, they do pick up kind of an immediate replacement at quarterback, but it'll be interesting to see how Emory Jones does in Scott Satterfield's offense. Now, y'all, for one of the bigger you know transfer portal guys that we had in this year's transfer portal class, we're going to be talking about former NC State quarterback and longtime NC State quarterback Devin Leary, who only has one year um, of eligibility left. He's going to be entered as a grad transfer, which it's it's a whole weird thing how that all works because if you enter as a grad transfer, you don't have to worry about a waiver and everything like that if you were still technically going to school. But anyway, Devin Leary decided, you know, what, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I've got a lot of these big-time schools, you know, calling me, and, you know, I can play at the biggest level. Nothing against NC State, but, you know, we've seen Devin Leary really shine these past few seasons for NC State, and he wanted to take his talents to a bigger school, which – can't really blame him. And, you know, he entered the transfer portal, and it really came down to, I think, about two or three SEC schools, which were Auburn, Florida, and then Kentucky, which Kentucky was kind of the favorite to begin with because he took an official to Kentucky, and then after that didn't take any other visits, really. So it kind of became blatantly obvious that, well, Kentucky might be the favorite to get this young, this um, really talented quarterback in. Well, you'd be exactly right, as Devin Leary would announce earlier um, this week or last week, actually, that he would be transferring to Kentucky, which I personally like this a ton. You know, we've seen Kentucky these past few seasons get some veteran quarterbacks, most notably Will Levis, who is probably going to end up being one of the top draft picks in this upcoming year's NFL draft. And, you know, they need at least one guy before they're able to recruit a quarterback to come to Kentucky. So getting a guy like Devin Leary, who is really good throwing the football, he has a strong arm, also is very mobile as well. I think this is a great replacement, a great immediate replacement for a guy like Will Levis, who they're both very similar on play style. So great pickup for the Wildcats as they get one of the top players in the transfer portal, former NC State quarterback Devin Leary. Now, y'all, for our final quarterback news that we're going to talk about, the final quarterback, because I swear it just feels like we had 500 different quarterbacks enter the transfer portal. We had a former four-star recruit and Notre Dame quarterback, Drew Pine, he finally would announce where he was going to be transferring to, and that would be Arizona State under new head coach Kenny Dillingham. Now, Drew Pine during his time at Notre Dame, 
Oh, how do I how do I put this? Definitely was very under underwhelming. Now he had a really good game against Navy, but outside of that, never was anything crazy. Definitely struggled heavily. We saw it against the you know saw it against Cal and Marshall, which we saw that viral clip of Tommy Reese up in the booth slamming his headset. Or no, he wasn't slamming his headset, but he was yelling into the mic, which was to um Drew Pine telling him just get it together, you know. Quit trying to become, you know, Superman and yada, yada, yada. So Drew Pine during his time at Notre Dame definitely struggled, which probably was a lot of the fact that, well, when you're the starting quarterback for Notre Dame, you know, they expect a lot out of you. And just unfortunately for him, it never worked out. So he decided to enter the transfer portal, which he was likely going to end up getting replaced regardless. So, you know, find somewhere else you can play immediately. And while Drew Pine decided, I'm going to head out west and I'm going to go play for Kenny Dillingham and the Arizona State Sun Devils, which... Funny enough, right now, Arizona State has the number one transfer portal class so far this year, according to 24-7. So, kind of an interesting little nod right there to think about. So, the Sun Devils are looking pretty good under um, under new head coach, Kenny Dillingham, who's only 32, 32 years old, which is just kind of crazy to think. But he's already gotten a good staff around him. He's got two of the best recruiters in college football, and Brian Carrington and Rashad Samples, who both at one point were at TCU and I can say from personal experience, have done a ton, and I mean a ton for my school in just one year. So Arizona State is in very good hands under Kenny, Kenny Dillingham. Now, got all the NCA stuff going on and everything like that, but I think this is a good fit for Drew Pine because, well, frankly, he won't have a lot of hefty expectations on him, and I think under this new offensive scheme, he might be able to play a little bit better because, as we saw with Notre Dame, you know, as the season continued and continued, they, start to, they started to play a lot more to the run rather than in the passing game, which to be frank, is why they were able to kind of have a late-season resurgence. So Drew Pine officially announced that he would be committing to Arizona State. Now, y'all, we only have one more transfer portal news that we're going to talk about before we talk about a few recruiting news. But the um, final one that I want to talk about is going to be regarding former five-star and top 100 recruit of all time. So this is, you know, out of all the years that they've been, t you know, keeping track of recruits. So this cat was one of the best in the class of 2021. And we're going to be talking about an offensive lineman, Tommy Brockermeyer, who is a former Alabama lineman and really was a stud in the class of 2021. Didn't really see much action for the Crimson Tide this past year. Kind of fell, you know, in the depth chart. So we decided, hey, I'm going to enter the transfer portal, kind of seek my options, everything like that. And, well, Tommy... His father played at UT, was a great player at UT. He has a lot of family ties to UT. So it looked like, okay, UT would kind of be the clear and favor of, you know, kind of decision here. But hold up so fast, though. Don't don't cut out Sonny Dykes and that TCU Warren Frog staff because Tommy Brockermeyer, he is from the Fort Worth area and literally down the road from TCU as he played at All Saints Episcopal School. So, you know, he's very familiar with TCU and you know, immediately out of the you know out of the gate, Tommy received a crystal ball to end up at TCU, which, as we've seen so far, you know, in the transfer portal, TCU's been doing pretty darn good. They also got former four-star wide receiver out of Alabama as well in the in the class of 2021, JoJo Earl, who was out of Alito High School, which is about 20 minutes or so out of Fort Worth. So. Yeah, and then Tommy would officially announce his commitment, and he decided he was going to be coming home and coming and playing for my TCU Horn Frogs, which a lot of credit needs to be given to Sonny Dykes and what he's been able to do in literally one year. I mean, one singular year, he was hired at the end of December, so he hasn't been at TCU for that long, and he's already been able to completely revamp this you know, culture, revamp this team, and truly make it into a respectable college football program once again. And you know, by him doing all this through the transfer portal, 
it, it's it's really going to help TCU become and what I hope will be not necessarily a national powerhouse, but definitely a team that you will consistently see in the top 25. But yep, TCU, they're able to continue to dominate in the transfer portal as they land former five-star offensive lineman and top 100 recruit of all time, Tommy Brockermeyer. Now, you're probably wondering, Mason, why aren't you talking about Deion Sanders and all the stuff he's doing at Colorado and yada, yada, yada? Well, the reason why I'm not doing that is because y'all already see it enough, and there's no reason for me to continue and continue to talk about it or continue and continue to post about it because it's not really worth it because they're already getting enough publicity as it is. But in case you don't know, Deion Sanders was able to pretty much get all of his own, you know, former players from Jackson State got Travis Hunter to transfer over with him. Got his son Shadur Sanders, who's going to be the new starting quarterback for Colorado, to transfer over with him. He's also been dominating too when it comes to recruiting and everything like that. So pretty much all you need to know right now is Deion Sanders is going ham right now in terms of the transfer portal and recruiting. And once they start to continue to you know ramp up a little bit more and start to get a lot more surprises, we'll talk about that as well. But anyways, y'all, that's going to do it for all of our transfer portal news. So now let's get into our recruiting sides, recruiting side of today's episode. And the first recruiting news I want to talk about, and you know, arguably one of the craziest commit and recruit stories that we've had so far this year, we're going to be talking about 2023 five-star safety Peyton Bowen. Now, Peyton Bowen is a top 30 recruit out of Denton Geyer High School in Denton, Texas. Dude has a lot of athleticism, is very quick, very instinctive, and was arguably one of the most sought-after recruits in the class of 2023. Now, he's been a Notre Dame commit for a while up until this point, and, you know, there were some details that had emerged that, you know, Oregon and Oklahoma were really trying to come after this kid, right? Oklahoma, because his teammate at Denton Geyer, their starting quarterback, Jackson Arnold, was already committed to OU, so it kind of made sense also uh, Peyton's um, girlfriend also plays soccer at OU, so kind of was like a match made in heaven. And then for Oregon, Phil Knight just offered him a buttload of money and say, look, here's a t- here's a $2 million NIL deal. Come play for the Ducks. We'd love to have you. And, well, on signing day, Peyton Bowen would decide to flip his commitment literally at the table where he had the two hats between Notre Dame and Oregon, would put the Notre Dame hat on, take it right back off, and then put on the, um, the Oregon hat and then would say, Sko Ducks, which... It looked like, okay, he's going to Eugene, Oregon to become an Oregon Duck, which they produced some pretty good safeties in past years, most notably Javon Holland, who's balling out for the Miami Dolphins. But that wouldn't be the end of this crazy recruiting story. Because, you know, why would it be that easy when you have a guy like that that's being offered so much money from all these various programs? Not even 24 hours later, we get news coming out that he hasn't signed his papers yet to go to Oregon. You know, he's still debating on if he really wants to go to Oregon. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, don't tell me he accepted that money and then immediately said, well, I'm going to go to OU. And that's exactly what would happen. Peyton Bowen would then announce that he would be flipping his commitment once again and would be heading to Oklahoma, which I think he should have just done from the get-go. But, you know, had to make it a little bit more entertaining and get a little bit more publicity off of it. But, OU, they get one of the top recruits in the class of 2023 and, you know, we're able to literally pull off the flip and flip to get him to go up to Norman. So great pickup for the Oklahoma Sooners as they, as they were involved in arguably one of the funniest commitment stories that we've had so far here in the 2023 class. Now, y'all, for our next couple news, we did have um, 
two flips and then one recruit that actually would announce his commitment. And, you know, for the one commitment I want to talk about, we're going to talk about 2023 five-star edge rusher and the younger brother of now Oregon State quarterback DJ Ugalele, Mateo Ugalele. Now, Mateo is a freak of nature. This guy has played tight end at St. John Bosco and has made incredible one-handed catches. And then also, right after he does that, he gets right back on the field and lines up right outside the tackle and is able to bully, you know, that tackle, that said tackle for a sack. So this kid, Mateo, he was being sought after by so many programs, but the finalists to land him, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, was Ohio State, USC, and Oregon, and well. It just so happened to be that Dan Lanning and that Oregon staff who has did has done so good in recruiting wise outside of lo- losing Peyton Bowen, which I don't think it's really hurt him hurting them that bad. They have been dominating at least on the day of National Signing Day and or early National Signing Day. And well, they were able to pull it off once again as Mateo would announce that he would commit to the Oregon Ducks, which I think is a great fit because as we've seen. Oregon has done really good at producing a lot of good defensive linemen into the NFL. You know, with guys most recently, guys like DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's literally just a first-round pick a year ago. So definitely there's a lot of talent that Oregon's produced. And Mateo probably saw that and said, you know what, let's head up there to Oregon. And I think he's definitely going to dominate as now. The Ugalele family just got a little bit, little bit more interesting because, as we all know, Oregon and Oregon State, their rivalry game is called the Civil War. And now they have a second civil war as the Yuga Leles will literally be having a family civil war when they play each other next year. So that'll be kind of funny to watch and see. But um, anyways, y'all, for our final two news that we have in today's um, episode five of Catching Up with College Football, we're going to talk about two flips. Now, the first flip that I want to talk about was not really that much of a shock. And I guess you could say the second one wasn't really either. But, you know, NIL definitely plays a huge part in both of these commitments. But anyway... 2023 five-star offensive tackle and Iowa commit Caden Proctor, who is from the state of Iowa, just got off winning a state championship in the state of Iowa and looked like he was going to remain faithful you know, to the Hawkeyes, right? Now, the key word is looked because he went on a visit to Alabama, got treated like royalty, which, I mean, this kid is one of the, I mean, this kid is a solid offensive lineman and definitely, you know, if he went to Iowa, which they've produced a lot of good offensive linemen with guys like Brandon Sheriff, you know, we've seen it with um, Tyler Linderbaum, we've also seen it with Tristan Wirfs, so they've produced their own, you know, share of offensive linemen, but the appeal of Alabama being coached by Nick Saban and that world-class, you know, football staff I think it was just a little bit too hard to, you know, let go as Caden Proctor, after his visit to Alabama and then on National Signing Day, would officially announce that he would be flipping from Iowa to Alabama, which I don't, to be frank, had been kind of rumored for the past few weeks it was going to happen. So wasn't a big shock, but still, I know it definitely stings for a lot of Hawkeye, Hawkeye fans as they lose and, you know, lose their own in-state recruit, Caden Proctor, as Caden Proctor announces that he will be flipping his commitment and is already signed with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Now, y'all, for our final news that we've got going on here, and, you know, this is going to be regarding Texas A&M. Now, as much credit as I've given Texas A&M for all the guys that they've already lost to the transfer portal from the 2022 class with guys like Denver Harris, Chris Marshall, you know, losing all of those guys that they paid probably a lot of money to get, this 2023 class has definitely helped boost them right back up because, you know, they lost Devon A. Chain to the NFL draft, but they were able to go out and get former Louisville commit, now Texas A&M running back, Ruben Owens, who 
was a top three running back in the class of 2023. They've also been able to get some pretty good defensive pieces and some good offensive linemen, one of which I've worked with. His name's Colton um, Thomason, which you can go check out that interview as well. It's on it's on the uh, on the Cover 7 podcast. Absolutely fantastic kid. But anyways, this 2023 class was already pretty good, and one of the biggest things they were missing was the quarterback position, right? You know, they still got to get themselves a quarterback, and well, out after a fresh visit, 2023, a four-star quarterback, an Ole Miss commit at the time, Marcel Reed, who's actually from the state of Tennessee, he decided that he would flip his commitment from Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin to Jimbo Fisher and the Texas A&M Aggies. Now, this one, I think, might be a little bit more money-based than anything, which, to be frank, is because, well, Texas A&M literally has themselves a sophomore quarterback going into next season by the name of Connor Wigman, who likely will probably play all four years. I don't think he's going to be a big NFL guy, but you never know what could happen between that time. Because, say for example, you know they got Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I think he'll probably play one more, one, one more year for the Rebels and probably declare next year. So Marcel Reed would probably be able to see the field a little bit early at Ole Miss. But going to Texas A&M is still, I think, a good decision for him. He's going to have a lot of weapons around him. Obviously, he's going to have Reuben Owens in the backfield, which, I mean, that definitely is not going to hurt. He's going to have a beefy, a beefy, you know, offensive line in front of him to help defend. So I think it's a great, you know, great decision for him. Regardless, he still is going to remain in the SEC and play at the highest level of college football. But yeah, Jimbo Fisher does it once again and pulls off another flip as he goes out and gets one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2023 in former Ole Miss commit Marcel Reed. Now, y'all, that'll be it for today's, and well, I'm so used to saying today's preview episode, but that'll be it for episode five of Catching Up with College Football. Let me know what y'all's favorite news was and, you know, kind of the you know topics that we talked about in today's episode. I think me, kind of the best one that I, you know, heard and everything like that was DJ Ugalele going to Oregon State because, well, I think he's finally going to be at a program where he won't have huge expectations and finally be able to play you know his brand of football by running the football read options and short passes so really good fit for dj up there in corvallis and just all the crazy recruit news that we had going on i mean this had to have been one of the craziest national you know in our national signing days that we've had in a while and especially with peyton bowen and his crazy flip and flip and flip it was something that we just had to talk about. So, guys, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to today's episode of Catching Up with College Football here on the Cover 7 Podcast. If you like what you're listening, you like what you're hearing, make sure you go rate the podcast with five stars. Make sure you're following. Make sure you go follow all the social medias. Links are down below in the comments. Or not the comments, in the description. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm doing a YouTube video. I'm so sorry, y'all. But, um... <laughs> but uh anyway guys seriously thank you from the thank you from the bottom of my heart for all that y'all do y'all truly have made this year so amazing just for y'all being the amazing su- supporters that y'all are and you know make sure you check out all the preview episodes that we had come that we had coming out this week back on Wednesday as we had NFL week 17 preview and then college football bowl season week 3 preview come out so make sure you check those out as well as obviously today's episode and well guys thank you so much and I'll t- I'll t- I'll catch y'all here on um on Sunday as we recap all of the bowl games and the college football playoff semifinals from week three of the bowl season so guys thank you so much and i'll see y'all back here on sunday peace